between laughter and tears would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country, whose lands we proudly live and work on. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. <laughs> okay. It's, it's the last dandelion. <laughs> it's the last dandelion of the season. Have you seen that? In the slop? Yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to Between Laughter and Tears. I'm Mon. And I'm Tish. And this week we are talking all things ACLs and this particular episode is dedicated all to Tishy because she's currently three weeks post-op from her ACL Rico. Yep, I'm going to be yapping your ear off. So in this episode she's going to run us through her timeline of events of her injury and her surgery and her clinical experience and what the future is going to look like with rehab. I am. But as you know, before we get into the episode, we're going to do our mental health check-in. We do these every week, every Wednesday, mental health. We want you to really push awareness around mental health and check in on your mates. Yes. So, Monet, how are we today? Um, I'm actually pretty good today. I'm feeling, I don't know, I'm just feeling very optimistic about the future and about my life. Um, we've had a bit of a rocky few few days but with the emotions the emotions are just flowing at the moment but I'm feeling all right and on the weekend we actually made a vision board we went to Kmart and got some supplies printed out some photos and we sort of did a scrapbooky type vision board and it was really fun to make and it was really good because we were sort of having a pretty head noisy day on Sunday and we're like we we just want to do something that will sort of lift our spirits and yeah, benefit yeah. us in the long run yeah and just put our goals to paper but we sort of split it up into four different sections of our life and wrote some goals and some manifestations down. So we've got travel. Um, If you can see the video, we'll post this on our socials, but we've got travel, lifestyle, mindset and career and just some goals and manifestations for those aspects of our life. But I'll read out two of the manifestations we wrote because it's something we're really trying to focus on abundance in life and fulfillment and because abundance isn't just money it's no yeah it's about all things in life but I'll read them out for you so we've got we release all attachment to the concept of money as abundance is ever flowing within us and that sort of means that we release any negative attachment with money and like release the attachment that money brings happiness it's sort of like we're chasing abundance, not money and yeah. fulfillment. Yeah. And then underneath we've got we attract positivity and light, which allows us to form connections that grants us the financial freedom to travel and live the lifestyle that fulfills us. We yeah. don't chase, we attract. That's it. <laughs> yeah, no, so it was, we highly recommend it. It was so much fun, yeah. wasn't it? Apart from the vision board, love that, but head noise rating. Um, it, there's definitely some noise going on, but not too anxious. There's... Probably about a two or three. Yeah. Just just some noise, but we're getting there. Yeah. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. I feel I feel super brain foggy today. Yeah. So I feel a bit brain dead. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's just the lack of structure once again and lack of stimulation, I would say as well. Most definitely lack of stimulation. Luckily I do have the podcast to work on on the side, which really, really helps. Yeah. Like just simple as planning an episode, like getting pen to paper <laughs> has <Yeah>. been life-changing <laughs> so no it's been, otherwise uh, I've been pretty good my recovery has been pretty good as well really focusing on the physio side of things right now and just really icing it and getting that movement back in my knee yeah um, but yeah no it's pretty good and head, head noise, noise is today really low 
Yeah. It's a one. That's good. Feel feel really good. Feel really um, definitely more at peace. The last couple of days were way more hectic and I was just all over the shop. But I don't know if anyone follows the astrology world, but (laughs) we've had... Um, in late October, we had a crazy eclipse, and then we had the post-eclipse chaos. Then we had a new moon. Yeah, and we're the, in a new moon still, aren't we? Yeah, the new moon was in. No, I think no? it's just finished. It's finished. Okay. Um, the new moon was in Scorpio, so it's an aggressive new moon. So it was. I mean, for me, I was like all over the bloody shop. Yeah, <laughs> and it I've was, got. Scor- it was a hectic few days. It was, and I've yeah. got Scorpio in my yeah, like same. my Scorpio's rising, and same with Mon. So. I think we're both really feeling it. And I was telling yeah. her about the astrology side. She's like, hmm, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it was yeah. just really it was just really weird, weird few days it in was. terms of emotions and just a bit all over the shop. But I'm I'm feeling better and I'm and it's good to hear Tisha's feeling better. I've been at work and Tisha's been at home. Yeah. <laughs> so I'd much rather be at work to be honest, but it's all right. We'll get there. But yeah, we're gonna hop straight into it. Okay, to kick it off, Tisha's going to give us a little bit of a timeline of events over the past couple of years. But before she jumps into all of that sort of stuff and her experiences with the doctors and hospitals, she's going to touch a little bit on the spiritual impact that her knee injury and this whole process has had on her and how it sort of like catapulted her spiritual journey, I suppose. But I'll let her take the floor. I would definitely consider myself to be a spiritual person. Mon likes to mm. say I'm a closeted gypsy. Yes. <laughs> and if you don't know what gypsy is, it's like a nomadic spirit or a free spirit. Yeah. But injuring money really sparked my deep interest in the whole spiritual world. Yeah. So I have grown up in an environment where spirituality was definitely, it was a familiar concept, but when my knee injury happened, I kind of took it upon myself to go on a bit of a deep dive. And it was the first really big energy shift that I felt in my life, like especially in my like young adulthood. It was the first time that I was like, whoa, like things are changing. And it was very quick and rapid change. And I felt... um, First time you experienced it personally? Yeah, yeah, like exactly. Yeah. So it was kind of like a stepping stone onto my, I, you'll hear me throw this word in a lot, divine, which is like divine timing, divine path, divine everything. Yeah. <laughs> divine universe, people like to say as well. So yeah, it was definitely a first stepping stone onto my divine path and it's definitely helped me to heal, not just in the physical realm, but emotionally and spiritually. The healing process of my knee has been over a very long time, over two years. And there's definitely been challenges in between that, but it was something that was just like, it was there and it was constant. And it's not until now that I feel like things are really starting to come together in relation to money. Before I start, I just want to say I will not be disclosing any names of the surgical team, doctors, hospitals, etc. And I will be replacing all the names. So if you hear me say Barry, Barry Bob or Ben, like, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. So it was in 2021, which was peak COVID era and shit was well and truly hitting the fan. <laughs> not yes, just as for, we all know. Yeah, not just for my life. It was like the whole world. Like yeah. once again, another massive energy shift, not just for me personally, yeah, but for like everyone. Some would say that was very much spiritual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially with the – yeah. Anyway, but for, we're, we're not going to sidetrack. So on the 24th of November 2021, I ruptured my ACL playing netball. It was my 
right knee, which is funnily enough on a spiritual slash metaphysical level, it's all about masculine energy because your left side of your body is the feminine and your right is the masculine. But yeah, so the right knee specifically is meant to relate to male figures in your life and stability, which in hindsight now makes a lot of sense. So that's a fun little fact I learned about the right side of your body is your masculine and about how your knee relates to male figures. It's about stability. It's about it's. There's a couple of meanings behind the right knee in particular, but it's, it's very interesting. So how it happened with... I was on the court. I was playing uh, indoor netball at the time. It was just social sport. And pretty much I was um, playing like Goldie at the time. And it was mixed. Yeah, it was mixed netball. And I was up against this guy. He was like six foot. He was crazy tall and just a, a lot bigger than me on the court. And pretty much we were just running, s- sprinting after the ball. And all that has happened is when we were running, our knees kind of like crossed paths and his knee has knocked my right knee and it's just – it's just gone like a little bit sideways and I've gone to step down and then it's just gone just like that. It was just a little pop and I just fell to the floor and I was like, oh, that is really painful. My eyes started watering straight away and I was like, oh, and I tried to get up and I couldn't get up and I was like, all right, I need help. Yeah. Walked off the court and I was like, ouch. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> that, that kind of hurt. I, but yeah. I didn't, at the time, I didn't know that's what an ACL rupture felt like Mm. so in my head I was like oh that was painful it feels like a really bad sprain or Mm. something like that and I didn't actually realize I ruptured my ACL until about three to four weeks after when I got the results back from the MRI which sounds because you you kind of hear ACL injury and how long it takes to recover yeah and you're like wow expecting to be in more pain than yeah, what you were. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think I was lucky because I didn't have minuscule or meniscus damage. Yeah. So I feel like... The cartilage was fine. Yeah, the cartilage was fine. So it was just my ACL that was gone. Mm. So I went to the doctor two days after my injury and I was still in a bit of pain, couldn't put too much pressure down on my knee. And like I said before, it kind of felt like a really bad sprayed, sprained ankle, but just for my knee. Yeah. I was actually going through my camera roll and I found my MRI results and, oh, sorry, I found my MRI request, which my old doctor at the time, we're going to call them Barry for the sake of the story. Um, I say old doctor because I did recently change doctors, but Barry put me down as a possible minuscule tear and this makes a lot of sense now. My Baz was a bit confused when my results came back and it said complete rupture of the ACL and they, like, Barry didn't believe it. Like fully, quite literally did Barry not was believe it. Shocked to the core. Yeah. <laughs> but I was back at work by the 27th of November. So I ruptured it on the 24th and then I was back at work by the 27th. So days. Three, days, three days, three days after my rupture. Yeah, that's crazy. But you didn't know it was ruptured. I didn't know, yeah. yeah. So at my old job, I was just like casually unloading trucks and just working with a bit of pallets and just stacking stuff. And then I was like, probably not the most suitable thing, but I didn't. Like I said, I didn't realise that I did no, my ACL. No. So. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I can't quite recall when I had the MRI done, but I do remember going into the appointment to get my results back, which is around, it was about three to four weeks post-injury. So by that time, I was just keeping on top of my knee. I was just icing it, elevating it, putting some natural creams that I have at home on to help with just inflammation and swelling. So by that time, three to four weeks um, post-injury, it looked pretty good. Mm. I wasn't walking a hundred percent, but you 
like I don't get me wrong, I would get caught in these locks, these knee mm. locks, and it's pretty much where your knee gets caught in a bend and it just locks up and it's it's excruciating. Like the pain is yeah, not nice. I remember there was times, this is a humiliating story, but <laughs> there was times where I would go to sit down on the toilet and then my knee would get caught in a lock. So I'd be like shitting and crying and trying to get my knee straight at the oh same time. No. <laughs> it was it was humbling to say the I least. I can imagine. It was humbling. Oh, God. Um, and you just don't take walking for advantage. You don't oh. take walking or moving for advantage after that. Yeah, literally. For granted, sorry, for granted. Yeah. So That's continue good. on. Um, Barry was giving back my results when I went back to the appointment like three to four weeks post injury. And Baz was just like casually reading it off the screen. So there wasn't I thought, I don't know if this is all doctors, but usually I thought like, oh, they might look at the results prior to the per- bringing the person in just in case it's like something worse well, some or do. anything. Yeah. Some do. So yeah. anyway, it was, Baz was just casually reading, he goes, complete rupture of the ACL. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, wait, what? What do you, what do you mean ACL? What do you mean? Got no ACL? What do you knee? mean it's gone? <laughs> it's just. I was bamboozled. Were you by yourself? I was. I was. Yeah, Yeah. I was by myself. So I was just a bit like, I didn't understand. Gobsmacked. Yeah. I could imagine. Yeah. I I was like, I was like, oh, so what what does that mean? And they were like, well, they showed me like a diagram. Like, oh, so this, it's like, it's gone. And (laughs) Barry was like, but I don't believe it because you're you're walking fine. So it's like, it seems to be okay. But oh, he doesn't believe it. Yeah, Baz did so, not believe it. So I was like... Yeah, ACL's not ruptured. Yeah. Because Baz said Baz says so. I was like, oh, okay. But the one of the best radiographers in the country... Yeah, actually did my... Did, her did my MRI. Report. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so then from that appointment after I got my results back, I now know they would usually send off a referral to the hospital um, or wherever and to get you into physio and then potentially surgery but that's not really how my cookie crumbled so like I said before Baz was like I don't think it's a complete rupture you seem to be walking fine and I had no prior knowledge of what to do or like what the usual protocol is for these type of things so I literally just walked out of the appointment and that was that Mm -hmm. I just got my piece of paper saying this is your result and I just walked out, drove home and I was like, so what now? There was December 2021, so ruptured in November, it's now December. I made my way to the emergency one night and I needed some type of physio because it was not really getting that much better because I didn't know how to properly like deal with the injury. Um me thinking that I could literally heal it myself. Like that's what <laughs> that's what my head Just was telling re- me. Reattach your ACL. Reattach it. Because I didn't like I full. Yeah, you didn't have the knowledge on it. So that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's, it was in COVID so oh, nothing God. was the same. Nothing was the same. Like I mean obviously you had to be masked up. Yeah. yeah. It was just everything was all over the shop. But yeah. um, that's how I ended up getting the referral for my physio. So due to it being an acute injury, so your ACL is an acute, considered an acute injury within a time frame. 12 months. 12 months, there you go. And in the public system, you don't have to pay for surgery or for the physio. 
which could be due to it being an acute injury. Yeah. So I actually remember now that the ER hospital staff, they they ended up apologising on behalf of Barry as the referral should have already been processed by the GP, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So Baz did a little, little bit of a little bit of boo-boo there. Anyway, we're going to fast forward. 2021's in the dust. We're now fast forwarding to 2022. Mm-hmm. And I started what they call prehab, which is just rehab before surgery. I did roughly close to 12 months of prehab. And during this um, 12 months, about two months into the prehab, I got in my orthopedic appointment where it's pretty much they assess your knee. They see what category of importance to put you in to book you in for surgery. Um, so keep in mind, this is during the COVID period. So all elective surgeries, they were actually put on hold and it was kind of all up in the air. Mm. Like no one really knew what was going on. I didn't know when it was going to be put not off hold. Like there was no communication communication. and it was a time, a really hectic time for all the hospital staff and healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I do feel for them like, Mm. oh, poor things. Like no one knew when, when the mandates would be lifted yeah exactly so um for the orthopedic appointment we're going to call this doctor dr beatrice so beatrice put (laughs) i've made all these names up (laughs) she's got it written down i just got it yeah (laughs) so i do have it written down beatrice (laughs) i don't know where i got that name from (laughs) anyway fabulous yeah with beatrice yeah beatrice so beatrice put me as a category three um, so, cause I already done a bit of prehab by then my strength had gotten a lot better and don't get me wrong. I still wasn't a hundred percent, but it does make sense on why they put me in category three. And plus with the COVID and all the elective surgeries being put on hold, like in hindsight, yeah. it makes sense. Like yep. category three. So, cause obviously there is three, four, four categories. I think there is four or five. Yeah. Is there five? I, I could be, don't, don't quote me on that one, but yeah. So Beatrice said they will organise surgery. I'll get a call from the orthos on a confirmation date. So I was like just pretty much waiting on a phone call. I was like, okay, cool. Mm. So I continued with the prehab and I remember the physio staff asking me like every month. I'd be like, so have you got surgery date? Have you got a call yet? Got a letter in the mail? I'm like, no. But it was odd because I, I would think they would tell me that's not normal. Like yeah, we should you'd follow think up. That, you'd think so. Yeah, yeah, but just nothing was said. Nothing. So it was just like... Oh, okay. Yeah, I was just like, okay, like, is yeah. that it? So it got to the end of 2022 and I actually discontinued the prehab. So I was just kind of just like, give us a call when you want me back. I was a bit over the prehab. I put it to a pause. And at that stage, towards the end of my prehab, the physios were saying, because they actually recommend to not do surgery now if you're not going to go back to high-intensity sports. Mm. However, there was a reasoning behind my surgery and why I want to get back into it but yeah they're like the person who was doing my physio was kind of got all my strength back up I started yeah you couldn't tell that you had a bad yeah you could not tell so back at the gym yeah and they even they strong yeah they even said you could go back to sport and I was like all right yeah so we're gonna fast forward 2023 now so this is where I started getting back into social sport. I felt pretty confident in just my recovery and all that strength that I end up building up in physio. And I started to do weight training in the gym, which yeah. really, really got my quad and my hamstring strength back. Mm. That was like the main thing that was really lacking. Um, when you do any knee injuries, you get like a lot of wastage in your quad and hammy. It just becomes very weak. 
a um, little bit obvious. Yeah. My one leg is smaller than the other right now, <laughs> yeah. but it's all right. So I kind of got sick of waiting for the surgery. So I literally just went back to my life prior to injury. Mm. I just put it in the dust. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. Like, Yeah, you literally couldn't even tell. Yeah. You, she'd be like, oh, I've got a... AC, no ACL and people are like, what? People are like, what? Just doing squats and <laughs> like just shit in the gym. Doing the normal stuff. And yeah. it's possible to Walking live. Walking normal, running yeah, normal. Exactly. Yeah. Like doing high intensity stuff that I was usually doing beforehand. And people get back to that stage. Yeah. Some people opt out of surgery and they just build the strength back. Mm. Um, well, if you have meniscus damage, it's different. It's a little bit different with the cartilage. Yeah. Um, however. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> however, in late August this year, I was playing TRL just at a social level. wasn't anything crazy. I had my knee strapped. I strapped every anything, any sport I played on in 2023. I strapped always strapped my knee just for that extra safety net. However, <laughs> it did take one movement. It was literally the slightest lateral movement. I was literally putting the ball down to go roll it, and my knee just gave way. Mm. Once again, heard a pop. Couldn't put pressure down. I was like, "You have got to be kidding me!" Yeah. I was so annoyed. She was so frustrated. I was there and I looked and she was limping off the field. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) Honey. I was like, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Anyway, so with the re-aggravation of my knee, I thought it was about time I should probably do a follow-up and see how long the surgery was going to take because I was still waiting. It's almost hitting on that two-year mark. So I was like, it's got to be soon. Like, Still haven't received a call. Mandates have been lifted. COVID's kind of, you know, in the dust. So what's happening? Yeah. So I ended up going to a new clinic this time and I did change doctors. So we're going to call this new doctor, Dr. Bob. Bob was different. Let's just say that. Um, I went to do a general checkup at the time and inquire about what they could do to help me get more information on my knee. Pretty much Bob just said, just Bob wasn't helpful also, fun fact, Bob did not believe me that my Bob ACL wanted, was yeah, ruptured either. Bob wanted a new MRI. Yeah. They want a new <laughs> MRI. I was like, Dal, it says there, complete rupture. Like it's there. It's there. Like it ruptured. ACL you. doesn't like reattach by itself. Yes. However, because it's been so long, they need another MRI. I was like, you know what? I am so sorry I'm not paying three to $400 no, or something crazy for an MRI. It acute because it was outside of the 12 months. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, he told me a couple other things. He said I was underweight. Oh, yeah. Re- <laughs> it was just a... He was just Bob. Look, can of worms. Yeah, can of worms. He was... Anyway, yeah. so I booked my next appointment and I changed doctors again. I've cha- I've been through three doctors by now. <laughs> and let's, we're going to call them Angel because they were indeed heaven sent. We yeah. love Dr. Angel. So this particular doctor felt like the first person to really show me empathy and to follow up with everything, Mm. like with everything and showed compassion. Like I cannot stress this enough. This, this doctor was hands down amazing. Yeah. It was so nice. Mm. Breath of fresh air, just your standard GP, but did their fucking job and gave me a bit of hope in the healthcare system. I was like, wow. So there's people like you that Mm. exist. One thing I will say, Dr. Angel was female. I'm not, I'm not, Oops. Oh, first film female. Yep. So yes, I'm just gonna put that out there. But she was she was very compassionate and she actually investigated. She did. She yes. was great. So I told Dr. Angel that I've re-aggravated my ACL. I have previously ruptured it. Um, I'm on the waiting list for surgery. It's almost been two years. 
straight away. She did not hesitate straight away. Didn't question, I don't believe you. Didn't say anything like that. Straight away investigated it for me. She did some tests on my knee. She pushed through another referral for me to the hospital. That is key word. She pushed through another referral. That's literally all I needed. The Mm -hmm. referral just keeps coming back in. Mm -hmm. And without the referral, I would not be post-surgery like Mm. I am right now. So I received a call in late September, so about two months ago. Unfortunately, this call wasn't the highlight of my year. (laughs) I was at work on my break when I got this call. Uh, To sum it up, the person had what it felt like just no warmth to their voice, told me that my doctor who did my orthopedic appointment back in 2022, uh, the one that we're calling Dr. Beatrice, they forgot to book me in for surgery, to sum it up. Mm. They couldn't really do much for me and you'll just have to wait for another orthopedic appointment. But your original doctor who originally did my appointment had left slash quit, not sure what happened there. So the new doctor's on leave and I can't book in until a month or so because it has been so long since my injury. I might have to get another MRI, but the wait, wait list is almost six months long. In the public system yep. for non-life-threatening. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, my so jaw was, horrible. was on the floor. Mm. I was on just my, like, tea at, at work and I was just, like, on the phone. I was sitting at the, the break room table and I was, like... I, just, I was there and I just saw her face, like, drop and drop yeah. and drop. Yeah. And then she walked away. And then and I, I was walked like, over oh, the table. No. And I was like, so what do you mean the doctor forgot to book me in? Yeah. I was like, what do you – How? I was like, sorry, how does that happen? And they just said, oh, well, we can see on the doctor's notes that he was meant to book you in, wrote it down, but just never did it. And he said – this was the highlight of the phone call. He goes, you're not the first this has happened to and you're not going to be the last. Yeah. I was like genuinely in shock. I was so nice on the phone. I was like, okay, thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah. Went in the bathroom, had a bit of a little meltdown. Yeah. Just because it's been so long. With so many. With so many different experiences in this clinical world and just one shot down after the other. And I was like, damn, that's the cherry on top right there. Um, They just forgot. Yeah, they just forgot. Man, and you're not the first this has happened to you. You're not going to be the last man. So, I mean, what can we do about it? I was like, mm. yeah, cool, 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 cool about that. <laughs> anyway, so I was a bit distraught. Let's just say that. I actually, I went home early from work that day and I ended up talking to my mum because my mum has been through um, multiple knee reconstructions mm-hmm. and she's definitely got a lot more background knowledge about what to do, who to ask questions to, etc. So there's this thing called ombudsman. Mm -hmm. I believe I'm pronouncing that correct. It's where you just put in a formal complaint and it's to do with human rights. So because of what happened, my case is technically under negligence. Yeah, because I just neglected to give you the proper care. So my plan was to call up the hospital again, get some information off my file, like the previous doctor's name who booked me in, so I could just put it on the formal complaint. And... I was literally, I was not expecting my end result that I did get. I was literally just hoping to at least get, if they need another MRI, which they said they might need, 
I was hoping to just get pushed forward just a little bit on that wait list, like just something. Yeah. Because I was not going to wait another month to so book an appointment. A guaranteed appointment. Yeah. In this, uh, yeah. And then another who knows how many months just to get another MRI for the, for it to literally say complete rupture again. Mm. Like the yeah. ACL unfortunately cannot reattach. I found yeah. that out. So we had another nice phone call that day, unfortunately. I was on the couch with my mum and called them up. And I answered the phone. I was like, hi, like, my name's Letitia Rigby. I was just hoping you guys could help me to get some information off my file. Um, mm. Yeah. And then they're like, straight away, the person on the other end of the line was like, are you the ACL girl? <laughs> I was like, sorry, excuse me. I was just shaking in my little booties. I was, I was honestly, yeah. I, I was... I felt weak and I was just like, because I've been shut down before and now I feel like I was going to get shut down again. I just, automatic response was, oh my God. Mm. Anyway, I was like, oh, well, I was hoping I could get just the doctor's name. They're like, well, we can't give that out because they've quit now. What else do you want? I was like, fuck. I was like, and I was like trying to talk to mum. I was like, oh, what do I ask for now? Anyway, my mum <laughs> said, give me the phone. <laughs> Did the old motherly thing. I don't know if anyone's mum is a boss ass bitch like mine is, but they were like, I'm but Letitia Rigby's mum looking to get some information and straight away the tone switched up. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. How can we help? Mm. Straight away. I was like, fuck, that hurts. Mm -hmm. Anyway, she did the old, um, we're about to put in plate with a bondsman due to the negligence of care, la yeah. Um, we just need the name of the doctor. We just need the name of the doctor or the name of the doctor that she's currently under care as. Mm. And anyway, they're like, oh, yep, yep. Yeah, no worries, no worries. She's under doctor da-da-da. Um, yeah, that's so fine. Like, all good. Thank you. Have a nice day. Like, yeah. we're really nice about it all of a sudden. We're like, oh, sick. So before I went to go do the ombudsman form, I was like, I just want to have a shower and just decompress a bit and then I'll jump right into it. Uh, probably with about in an hour and a half, two hours, I get another phone call. It was the hospital. <laughs> Hospital's back on my line. They love me this day. Mm -hmm. And they were inquiring about the appointment and they're like, oh, we've got one available Thursday. Do you want to come in? 1.40. I was like, keep in mind, it's Tuesday. So is this the same appointment that you guys said that would take me a month to even book in to find an available appointment? They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no worries, but we can fit you in this Thursday. It was interesting. It was interesting as soon as Ombudsman got mentioned and then I had an appointment within two days. Because because they know they have to up. Yeah. They they knew yeah. they have to up and they would get in trouble from the the little Ombudsman people because yeah. that's illegal. That's it's a legal thing. Yeah. So <laughs> without my mum's prior knowledge of any of this, I would have just put on the back burner again and I would have waited because I did not know anything about anything when it came to this like I've only just recently discovered there's a formal complaint thing for Queensland I, Health I did know about it but I didn't really put two and two together yeah. and connect it like I didn't think mm. that you could put a complaint in yeah no idea so I'm very thankful and very lucky that I had someone with prior knowledge about the hospital yeah because some people don't and they get in sticky situations exactly yeah. we're now it's at the end of September very 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 end of September 2023 I had this appointment, the Thursday appointment. Mon actually had the day off for another appointment. I was getting my hair done. Yeah, and it got cancelled. Yeah, because we had a really big storm and I get a message. We were sitting down to film a podcast episode actually in the morning and it was like 
it was really rushed and mm. then we were like oh how are we gonna get this done because I we both had appointments and we had stuff on and then there was a storm and I get a text from my hairdresser hey the power's gone out we have to reschedule yeah I was like oh divine timing divine timing I, I can like, go to the appointment with Tish now yeah I was like do you want to come she's like yeah I was like thank god yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go on by myself because I some I don't know it feels a bit daunting a bit scary when I I just don't know anything yeah, about it and I so feel much has happened already yeah I was like I just hope for a good experience mm. anyway so thankfully I did have someone to witness this because I felt like I was going crazy when I was telling like my parents and like my close friends about the experiences I was having like I yeah. felt like I was like fibbing they're like surely it isn't this bad look I'm not saying that it's ridiculous or it's crazy but it's still in it a valid experience yeah. at the end of the day that I was like, wow, this really happened. Like this is you as a person are inhibited with your knee injury and then this is how it, it almost is dehumanising. Yeah. You're getting treated like a not actually human. Yeah. Like you're just a number. Just a number in the yeah. system, which is what you unfortunately get treated like, which mm. is – anyway, we're going to go on a bit of tangent. So we walk into the appointment with the, with the registrar at the time. So he's the person underneath the doctor who would do my surgery. Mm. And we were just gonna, we're just gonna call them Reggie for the sake of this. <laughs> so Reggie proceeds to say, I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry I'm this really, happened to you. I'm really sorry this happened to you. Um, yeah. He yeah, just kept saying it. He just really wanted to make it really known. Really, no, really, really sorry, sorry this happened. <laughs> but it just, I wasn't sure if it was, that was just the person, Reggie's personality. But Reg was really sorry. Like I cannot, He's, I can't even. He was really sorry I on can't behalf even of the hospital. Describe what it, the tone of the voice. Very condescending. But orthopedic surgeons are known to be a little bit kind of very up themselves, a bit snobby. Yeah, I found that out yeah. too. <laughs> um, anyway, so we're going through the appointment. Reggie did one test on my knee, sat me back down. And Reggie went to go get the doctor because the doctor who does my surgery has to do another test of my knee to, and then just say, yep, they need surgery or whatnot. So it's just like their protocol to get approval, I guess. So Reggie soon returned with no doctor. I was like, that's a bit weird. Anyway, he sat down and Reg said, your category one surgery is within 30 days. <laughs> Jaw was on the floor. I was like, we just looked at each other. I'm like, did we hear that correct? Did we? Yeah. Surgery within 30 days? I was like, what? It was it was quite literally, that's how he said it. Yeah. Cat one, surgery within 30, 30 days. days. You'll get a call within the next couple of hours. Yeah. With the surgery day. Bang, 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 bang. I was like, yo. Here's the papers to sign. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Yeah. So mind baffling to go from. Go from. You have to wait a, a month or so to get a call about booking an appointment. Yeah. To. Two days later, surgery within 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> Just from the one word, ombudsman. Yeah. Like that's yeah. really what triggered all this. Because they really knew they effed up. Yeah. yeah. So Reggie explained what rehab would look like, etc. And I asked about the restrictions with flying because I wasn't sure if there's any. Um, don't know if you're like, oh, that's a dumb question, but I just wanted to make sure yeah. and ask absolutely everything. So because this reason why I asked that, Mon and I have a trip in booked in for february next year mm. for japan so we were meant to be snowboarding and skiing and reg was like yeah no problem with flying i was like oh cool 
and I, yeah. your mom's like, oh, you just won't be able to ski or snowboard. I was like, yep, that's a shame, but that's okay. Yeah, we were just having like a conversation. A little conversation on the side <laughs> while I was asking questions. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you're going, you're going to the snow. Are you going to Japan? And we're like, oh, yeah, we actually are next year, February. Mm. And he goes, oh, you could ski with your knee right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, right. I was like, oh, I actually, I re-aggravated it mm. about four weeks ago or so, but I don't think I'll be able to ski come February because if I re-aggravated literally putting the ball down, I think skiing or snowboarding would send me off the yeah, I was literally so worried about her skiing and snowboarding. And I was like thinking, I was like, why would you say that when you're in a foreign country, you're in a whole different like mm. healthcare system, the risk of injury is high. Why would you say, you, yeah, you'd be the able to do it right now. high as a healthy person. Exactly. Skiing and snowboarding. Let alone yeah. someone with no ACL. So I was like, yeah. what? I was just and thinking he, he in my head. He doesn't know your body. Yeah, I was like, this guy must know my body better than me. He mm. must, like, so odd. Just a very odd thing and really out-of-pocket thing to say. So Reg was just explaining the rehab after the little ski comment and he was aware of the history with doing the 12 months of prehab that I already did. And he decides to chuck a cheeky little comment in there. <laughs> he goes, hey, well, you've been in rehab for a while, so but you don't need to worry about that because you're a pro at that apparently. I was like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Thank you. I am a pro at it. I've been doing prehab for about 12 months before coming here two years later when you guys forgot to book me in. Yeah. So, Yeah, I couldn't – we couldn't really tell if he was trying to be a smart-ass. Yeah, we could not tell. We're like – But oh. it was coming across very yeah. smart arsey. It was. And that's why I was like, okay, there's got to be a line a drawn. A shocked. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were. Um, it was just like the tone in the voice. It was the tone in the voice and the little snarky little comments. little snarky comment. Then he chucks another one in there. He goes, oh, well, i got to go find out what doctor did it, see if we're getting in trouble. And I was like, okay, so you guys do know you fucked up. That's great. But also why would you say that to patient. a patient? When he was booking the surgery, the doctor said, I'm booking it in front of you so, you, watch, can so you can see. So you can see. I'm and doing can, it. I'm doing it. I was like, okay, buddy, thank you for that. I actually really appreciate that. So thanks. Yeah. Anyway, sign the papers then and there. Yeah, sign the papers, everything. So at the end of the day, I was literally just happy to get my surgery booked in. They called me later that day to confirm um, my surgery date. Initially, they said, yep, it's the following Friday. And I was like, holy heck, I have so much to organise before then. Gave me Nine days or eight days away. Yeah. Then they gave me another call later and was like, oh, sorry, miscommunication. Your your date, your official surgery date is the 30th of October, which in fact... It was. It was the 30th of October and it's currently, what's the date today? It is the 20th of November. 20 days post-op. 20 days post-op. So after all that experience, that's my timeline of events kind of summed up. I'm sorry it was long-winded, but it was a two years. I'm covering a two-year period (laughs) here, so I was trying to cut down as much as I could. But there was a lot. It was and that's just the physical, clinical. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, just so, the, there's, there's so, so much, much more, more to it. It's but crazy. I just want to focus on the physical kind yeah. of side of it. But yeah. So now that Tishi's sort of given us a rundown on how her injury happened and her experience with the doctors and surgery, we're going to talk a little bit about the impact that it had on her emotionally and I'm going to ask her a few questions. So my first question is how did the initial injury, the first time you ruptured, 
affect you emotionally and what sort of affected you the most? Was it the pain or was mm-hmm. it the fact that you couldn't walk the same or what was it? Yeah, it was definitely a bit a bit hard because I, mm. it was something I've never had a serious injury before. Mm. Like no, no touch wood, no broken bones, no like anything crazy. There was a one injury I had when I was really little, but again, I can't remember it. So it, the fact that I just didn't realise the, I guess, the seriousness of the injury at the time. I, ACLs are a very common injury, by the way, like yeah. especially in sport, they're super common. So yeah. I'm not like a they, rare The doctors little... know what they're doing when, they, when it comes to ACLs. Exactly. So I'm actually yeah. very blessed that it was an injury like that because they've done it so many times, the surgery, they've dealt with that many ACL injuries, they've probably lost count. Mm. So I actually don't know what the hardest thing well, was. Well, you are very, very independent person you like to you drive around you've always been working like yeah was it was it the fact that you couldn't really do things for yourself I think taking like sport is a huge outlet for me so yeah having that taken away is like having a little bit of my identity taken away like I was kind of like well what do I do now to Mm. bring myself peace and keep myself fit and yeah you've danced. Keep myself sane. You've danced, you've played touch, yeah. netball ever since you are little. Exactly. So I was kind of like, what do I do now? And I think that's really what led me down that spiritual path. Like I lost. did. I was, I was lost. Yeah. I think that seriously was the hardest thing. I was so lost. There was so many external things happening as well. It mm. wasn't just this, that it was just like another thing added on to my little pile. And I was like. It was oh. a canon event. Though. It really was. It really led to Domino so effect. Much. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, that was probably the, the hardest thing. I just felt so lost. Down the line, when you re-aggravated it, how did that make you feel emotionally? Did that trigger anything? <laughs> I, I, I sort of that. know the answer to yeah, this. Yeah, that definitely triggered something. Yeah. I was just like, you, like, like I said before, I was like, not again. Mm. Like I just, I felt like I got over it and I felt, it felt like a step back. Yeah. After all the pre-ab and after all the... It was hard because I, I felt like my emotions were invalidated throughout yeah. the two-year process leading up to that. that. How so, did you feel through the process of all the doctors? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah if, with all that clinical side, like feeling invalidated in my experience just with the clinical world and just my injury, like doctors literally saying to my face, well, I don't believe that you've got mm. the ACL. I'm like a part of the million people that have gone through experiences like this, like mm. And I think we know a lot of a few other people who have had similar, not, similar, not or similar like, injuries, but similar experiences with the with the clinical. clinical yeah, and I actually felt so guilty for mm. feeling how I was feeling. Like that, I obviously I had my sorry soldier moments and that little self pity that comes in, but I felt so guilty for feeling all these emotions and feeling almost frustrated, frustrated and just sorry and just sad because I was like. There is so many people that are in worse off situations than me. There mm. is so many people that don't have the support that I have, that don't have the beautiful family, friends and partners around me, that don't have people to guide them. The ability to take off work and... Exactly. And, like Tish can't drive at all at the moment because she can't move her legs. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks, but like... So some people don't have that. Some people don't have people to drive them around. Mm. Like I am very, very fortunate, very blessed... Um, obviously, yes, it sucked, but yeah. I did feel guilty for feeling that. And then I was kind of had a bit of a fuck it moment. I was like, you know what? 
I'm going to validate my own emotions and my own experience. Like it's okay to feel what I'm feeling. Like it's okay to, it just, it did suck not having my emotions validated by, I guess the, the clinical world and the healthcare system. Like there was one person, the Dr. Angel. Much as there are people in worse situations, your situation still was not good. Yeah. And your emotions were valid. Exactly. And that should have been made the first priority yeah, from, ex- the, from the start. Most definitely. I think, yeah, just because it dragged on for almost two years, like mm. I think that also got to me a bit. I was mm. like, I just want this to end. Yeah. And now it has. Yeah. Well, well, it's the beginning of an we, end. Because when we were planning Snow Machine, Japan, our Japan trip, she's like, oh, hopefully, hopefully I get a surgery date. Like even back then before you'd even re-injured it, you were like, I just want a surgery. I just want to be fixed. And if... If she, if you had surgery back then, you would have been fully been recovered yeah. right now. But it's okay. Yeah, divine timing. That's it. Everything. If you had surgery back then, you wouldn't have had me and this. Exactly. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Firm believer in divine timing. Yeah. So, I, I really am fortunate with how it all unfolded. Mm-hmm. I know, obviously, it did suck and there was just shitty times, but everything does happen for a reason and it really, really reaffirmed that I am on the right path because I was going down a clinical pathway at one stage of my life mm. and so much stuff happened, including my knee injury at the time. Yeah. And that really reaffirmed how that is so not for me. And yeah. I'm so okay with that. And I support people who want to go into the clinical world, but it's just not for me. All right. So my last question is, how are you feeling now? How are you feeling rehab-wise? How's the knee doing? How are the emotions doing? Yeah. And what does rehab look like? Yeah, so um, rehab is so much fun sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm, I'm definitely got a lot more movement back in my knee, which I'm so thankful for. I'm obviously not 100%. I won't be 100% for a, a little bit, but that's okay. And mm. it's just a matter of icing, elevating, doing everything I was doing before, but with the added extra rehabs. I've got a physio appointment next week on Wednesday or Thursday. Well, you've got your checkup. And I've got my checkup this Thursday. With the surgeon. So they're going to – I just can't wait to get, like, my bandages taken off because you're not allowed to get your bandies wet. Yeah, she wants a shower. I just want to shower normally. That is the most – that is the thing I'm looking forward to, like, yeah. so much. Cannot wait to shower, wash my hair, just let the water drip down. <laughs> yeah, because so, she has to sit down in the shower at the moment. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I just the main thing I'm doing is focusing on what I can do and what's in my control and what I can do that will benefit in the long run mm. and just work from there. So I'm I'm pretty happy with how my recovery has been so far. I feel very confident in the surgery as well. Like I feel someone explained it to me and says it's gonna like it looks like and feels like a like a Tetris puzzle. Yeah. Where all, just all the blocks in. just fits in nicely and slots in nicely. The mind muscle connection I have with money feels really strong and really good. So I do feel confident in it yeah. and I know I'll be all right. Yeah. That's sort of a spiritual side. Like you feel like you're kind of shedding a layer as well and healing everything exactly. from back then because there was so much going on. Exactly. Well. All that baggage is out yeah. the door. Obviously it's a never ending process healing. I did post that on the gram, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll get there. I'm okay. Yeah. So now, as you guys know, we have our weekly recommendation time. And this week's recommendation is a joint one again. 
but it's kind of fitting. So uh, we recommend make a vision board. If you are feeling stagnant or a little bit chaotic or a bit lost, make a vision board, put your goals on paper, put some photos, put some manifestations down and just put down what you want. Yeah, exactly. It can be so helpful. Even if you don't want to do a physical one, do a Pinterest board. Yeah. Like it's it's anything. Do a Pinterest board. Get all the photos and all everything that Absolutely. you want to yeah. attract in the upcoming year, 2024. It's such a good time to make it. Yeah. It, it can literally be anything. doesn't have to be pictures. doesn't have to be manifestations. Anything you want in your life, just put it on. Put it somewhere so you know and you can also look back on it. Yeah. yeah. And. So for our vision board, we talked a little bit in the intro, it's it's based for the podcast and what we kind yeah. of want for the potty. So we have like social media goals, we've got podcast goals, we've got quotes written down on our mindset on the little bottom one here where it's just kind of affirmations or things yeah. that we say daily that will just remind us that we are on the right path and yeah. everything. And then we've got, we set our manifestations in the yeah. intro we, as well. We really want to travel. Yeah. <laughs> we want chimneys. Yeah. <laughs> we, we We're really trying to manifest that. <laughs> but it, it will happen. Uh, everything yeah. in divine timing. And it's already ours. It's just a matter of when and where. Yes. Which we've got that stuck in the middle. You won't be able to see it just yet. We're going to post a photo of it on Insta. But it yeah. says it's already we, yours yeah. dash universe. We actually posted on TikTok the process of us making, on it, making it. If you want to go check we that did. out as well. Go have a look. We'll, we'll plug it in our show notes. Anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. We laughed and we cried and now we say goodbye. We will see you next week. Love, Love always. always. How can You can't just make bloopers on, on cue. On command. <laughs> cue. Oh. Cue blooper. That's a, that's a manual blooper right there. I <laughs> <laughs> got him good. Wait. Oh, that was good.